Welcome to the Rockin' Life podcast, Rockin' Life After Divorce. And today we have Nigel Smart with us. Welcome to the show, Nigel. Thanks, Pear. It's really nice to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm excited to uh, share some things with your viewers this morning. Yeah, I went through divorce six years ago, and it was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. So I started the podcast to help people navigate divorce in a good way, to be able to give back. Yeah. And I call it the Rock in Life podcast because me and the kids started rock climbing. And that's part of hanging out like we were chatting about before. I have four kids. All the kids love rock climbing. And that's why I call it rock climbing because life is a lot like rock climbing. It's uh, you're going to go through valleys, you're going to easy paths, and then you're going to go through difficult paths. And a lot of times in these difficult paths, you're going to need some guidance like you wouldn't climb the most difficult mountain in the world without a guide have somebody guide you along these paths that you've never been through and divorce is a lot like that where you're actually on a path on a journey and you can very easily get lost if you're out there by yourself and i think it's so important to have awesome friends around you have a counselor a coach or a, or a mentor when you go through these difficult paths and here comes a short announcement for the Rockin' Life After Divorce podcast. If you're interested in joining our Facebook group, it's for men uh, that's going through divorce or have gone through divorce and want support. It's a support group. The Facebook group is Rockin' Life After Divorce and it's for men only. We have support there, we have a weekly training, etc. If you're lonely, if you're going through loneliness, it seems like every single one that's going through divorce every week at 10 central time i have a workshop on zoom to learn the skills of connecting to gain close friendships and how to do that that's something that it's a skill it's not something you're born with and uh, what are the tools and how do you gain these amazing friends and how are you becoming a great friend because if you want good friends you need to be a good friend yourself too I'm going to continue doing this for the rest of my life. It's so much fun. I want to support you all that's going through divorce, that have the struggles. But with this support, I believe that's one tool that will help you through this. You've also gone through divorce and you had a little story you want to share. Absolutely. As you say, it's a traumatic experience. It is a trauma that you go through. Like you, I was married about the same time, about 20, 21 years the person we've been together about 25 years. I have altogether from two marriages, six children, four by the partner that I broke up with about the same time as you, about five to six years ago. So yeah, I perfectly understand there is a feeling of you've got that huge experience now. And to be able to share that with people directly, I think is very powerful. And I think it's great that we can have the opportunity to give people guidance as you say just the same as you would have gone to the gym you have a professional coach to bring your health up if you were studying something you might have a coach or a mentor to do that uh, this i think is the same area and as regards children they're one of our treasures but probably as a father the most important thing that concerns us in terms of what we're most worried about as well as obviously the financial side that we built up in terms of i think it's really important when we go through this for fathers to understand that children never get divorced our children are, are developing as people and there are what i call the golden years which is seven to twelve and then we get into the early teenage years and then for boys 16 to 20 is a difficult time for fathers i know i butted heads with my dad 
And I've had two of my sons butt heads and we're best of friends now. And I've got another one that's going through this. Spending time together is really important. And I think sometimes we overemphasize the type of time that we need to spend. And we feel as fathers, maybe we, we only have the children half the time or less. And so we think that as fathers, oh, we're going to do something massive. We're going to take them to uh, Disney World or something like that. And yeah, you're going to do that. But most of the time, they just want to hang out with dad. If none of this had ever happened, they would still be doing the same thing. So get a ball. We're big on football and my home team is Liverpool. My son, Jonathan, is mad on football. In fact, he's been teased when he was at school. He was teased because he was listening to the podcasts and all the things from England. And he developed a Scouse accent, which is the Liverpool accent. That's <laughs> hilarious. But God bless him. And his brother, uh, Dylan, a fabulous little footballer. We spent time just kicking the ball about. His dad was a bit of a footballer when I was younger. I mean, simple things. You don't have to spend a lot of money. It's the connection that you're after pair. It's yeah. the connection that you're trying to maintain. They don't want to see dad has been damaged. And you are damaged. You're damaged goods. You're hurt. But you're still the rock. You're still dad. And so you still need to demonstrate that. You need to be available for them and do the simple things, not just um, going out and earning the money that, that keeps everything together. You need to be that type of guy that is there for them. We just love to hang out. One of the things I've never really been at being is a card player. But we play cards almost every time we get together. One of the things that I would always encourage uh, guys, don't give up your parenting. Don't stop parenting. You can be stern with them on occasion. You've got to have the discipline. You've got to have the focus. You, they have to respect the home. You as a parent, you've got a lot of experience. You're responsible for them. But it doesn't mean that you can't have fun. Another thing we love to do in the summertime, which we'll start again soon, is the beanbag toss. We'll play two or three games. But little things like that, the soccer, the beanbag toss, when they were a little younger, when we first went through this, I used to buy a whole bunch of T-shirts. And we would paint on the T-shirts. So they'd have their own. My boy would paint. I, I have a vintage car. He would paint the vintage car on the front. Another one would paint... Uh, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I know the, the girls would paint things like rainbows or balloons or their doll's house. Really easy, cheap things to do, but it takes an afternoon. Tie-dye t-shirts is another one I did with them all. Uh, I think uh, one, one of the, for me, it's been very, uh, a big learning to really get to know the individual children mm. uh, because all kids are different. I have four yes. kids and they're all very different. And to be sensitive to what they like to do. A lot yeah. of times I want to do my thing, but it's so important to really get to know your kids. And that's part of this process too, is to connect. How do you connect with people? How do you connect with them? You connect with them on their terms. And yeah. for example, if you find out like my oldest son, he likes rock climbing. Okay, let's go yeah. rock climbing together. 
and not to the, force them to go and and, uh, and do something that they don't like, especially when, when you're going through a divorce, try to figure out, and and even if you're not going through divorce, it's, it's so awesome to be able to be this detective and trying right. to find out, okay, this is what lights their lights on. And I think it's like you shared different things that you've done with the kids. That's right. awesome, you know, paint t-shirts, finding the soccer, and to have this creative mindset and trying to be this detective and find out. And I think going through the divorce is very important to kind of like find those things with the kids, especially if you're like me and you did not have that much time together with the kids right. for a long time. For me, it was sometimes months. But then, for example, last weekend, two of my kids were playing floorball. It's like hockey, but with sneakers instead of hockey blades. Like in Sweden, where I'm from, hockey is huge. Yeah, uh, And I spent the whole weekend there just hanging out with the kids. And then the, the other two came and watched the last day. But maybe that's not the absolutely most fun thing for me to do. But I was there. I was present. It, it was really good. It was actually quite fun. I do enjoy. I, I, I prefer to watch a sports game with my kids involved than watching American football like so many yeah. other people would. Yeah. I have no interest of that. And I really like that about you, that you've actually taken steps to kind of like reconnect with the kids, even though there has been a lot of difficulty in your uh, situation with a divorce. Absolutely. So. The, 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 the little things like uh, you might say, let's go out and wash dad's car. Ooh, we're going to play with a hose. Now, yeah. dad knows you get children and a hose around and they're going to start squirting each other. And I will instigate that. I will come out with one of these guns and, and squirt one of them or squirt one of them and they think it's the other guy. And then we, had a, we have a water fight going. Yeah. Does it matter that they get wet? Do they have a heck of a time? Have you shown yourself to be playful? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh that's good. You. They're small things, Pete. Yeah. They're small things, but it's about connecting. It's about hanging out. I found that the most important thing or the most effective things have been the things where you've done nothing. You've done, you've been hanging out, you've been doing what you would call normal week-to-week family things, not the things you do on vacation. What tends to happen when you break up is you think, oh, gosh, I've got to take them here and I've got to take them there. Yes, you're going to do that. But if you were together as a family, you might go on vacation once or twice a year and take them to a Disney park or a Six Flags or somewhere like that. But you're not going to do that every weekend. I take them to Barnes & Noble, for example, and we go shopping for books. Yeah, And I learn about the things that they're interested in. I've tried unsuccessfully to play the video games things, but they don't want to show me those. So and give them their space, you know? Yeah, I had to, because I traveled back and forth to Sweden all the time, especially initially in the divorce. And I did not see the kids sometimes for months. So I had three out of four kids, they play video games. So then I said, I'm going to learn the video games. And it took yeah. me a long time, but we played for a year and a half and the the good thing there because if i was in sweden i want to just connect with the kids i might be on the phone for five ten minutes but then a lot of times you run out of things to talk about 
when you're yes, just sitting you on the phone. But if you're on the video game, you have microphone where you just you're hanging creating, out. You're creating content, aren't you? Yeah, because you're just hanging you did out. That, you blew me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, we, three out of four uh, kids wanted to play video games, so we were playing together. We, so we we're four or five on one team, and then we had five against five other ones, and we were kind of like strategizing how to to win over the other teams. So we're talking strategy, just hanging out, and this can go on for an hour or two at uh, at a time. A few times a week and yes. for me that was very good but then they wanted to play a different game and then i had to start learning that and it takes so much time for me to learn a game than for the kids yeah of course and it's a little bit like trying to learn to write with your left hand if you're right-handed and vice versa yeah you know, it takes time you mentioned that you one of your things was rock climbing one of our things i was at a school affair and they were having a martial arts class and the master was there. It was Taekwondo. And the master was there. And he said, oh, well, hello, I'm Master P. Who are you? And I said, well, Jonathan's my son. And he said, oh, okay. He's really interested. So he says, we're going to have a, a celebration at my dojan. Will you come along? We'd love, to, we'd love to have you there with Jonathan. So we went along. And, of course, the idea was that you would sign up for the class. Jonathan wants to do it. So, like, parents, he said, do you want to do this? Yeah, I want to do it, Dad. So you sign him up. And you can see they're a little bit nervous uh, the first two times I took him. And I just turned to him one day and I said, do you want me to do this with you? I've never been interested. One of my best friends of all time was a black belt in Taekwondo. And, and I was never interested in that. I, I grew up at that time when the Kung Fu fighting and all that stuff was, and it was never my thing. It was, I was uh -huh. a football guy. You know, I did other things. I did a bit of rock climbing too. And he said, oh, would you dad? For the next three and a half years, yeah. We went four, three or four times a week and we both became black belts together. Wow. Impressive. Now, interestingly, I got so into it and, and he, he kept on until he almost got to a second Dan, which is a second level black belt. I'm now a third Dan. I kept going after he packed it in. The little boy came, my daughter came, they got part of the way before they lost interest and wanted to go into something else. But those are sorts of things, I think, again, like yourself, that are more organized that you can do. Yeah. So it's more of a time commitment. But again, what you need to realize is you're trying to keep that connection or build a relationship, which maybe you didn't quite have under the normal family situation. Yeah. So now you have to very skillfully and very carefully and very cunningly in some respects engineer that connection. But it needs to be very natural because the wonderful thing about children, they don't stand for BS. Yeah. And they call it out when they see it much, many more times before we do as parents. And so if you're faking it, you're going to get called out. Yeah. So you have to be in the flow with them, which doesn't necessarily mean that you are right every time. The joy, as I see it now, is I'm okay saying, you know what, well, I really screwed up on this one. I think kids value that, that you can yeah. actually say, I really screwed up here and be honest about it and be, be real. A lot of times I think, especially guys have a hard time saying, I screwed up or please forgive me. Just to saying yeah. a simple, I really screwed up. Can you forgive me for doing that or saying that? And being that hard honest. saying that to a 17 year old and it's to a 12 year old <laughs> boy, I can tell you. That's yeah. my experience. But you're basically showing a human side to you. Classically, it's our way or the highway. We know it all. We don't know it all. We know a lot. Uh. 
but yeah, it's okay. I think it's okay to say, I'm not quite sure about this. No, and you can think- learn so much from your yeah. kids yeah. and to be appreciative for that. Like, yeah. for me to learn how to connect with people, I've known how to connect in business, I've been in sales my whole life, but yeah. that's something that I really learned going through the divorce how to connect with friends. I had a really hard time connecting with friends and having these awesome relationships, uh, men to men, being able to share anything and having those awesome friendships is nothing better to have that. And uh, Doesn't it feel great in your heart as well? Yeah. My mentor, his name is John Maxwell. I don't know if you've heard of him. I but know he's John ri- Maxwell, yeah. He's yeah. written many books and he's written a book called Everyone Communicates But Few Connect. And that's book I've read probably 10 times. He has five tools to connect. And one he calls common ground. You connect on common ground. And that's a little bit what we've talked about, how to connect with people. And that's common ground. To be that detective, to figure out what does the other person like and talk about that because then they feel valued. And that's so many people go through loneliness, depression, suicidal thoughts, in the divorce and end up in very lonely place and that's yeah. also something that i really want to help people to get out of that lonely place because a lot of times they end up in the including myself i ended up in like in a downward spiral initially but then yes. i broke out of that that was a lot thanks to john's book and to have a mentor that can show you the way and yeah. to be able to break out and start getting those friends my counselor said reach out to a few friends that you trust and share uh, your hurts with them. But I had so much shame about the divorce and I didn't really did. want to talk about it. But then I started opening up and a lot of this shame just dissipated. And I've shared that in the previous podcast, how just being able to share your pain and what you're ashamed of actually helped me uh, walk through this difficult journey. Have, did you deal with any loneliness, depression, suicidal thoughts going through this uh, difficult period? The loneliness gets us all. And I feel for guys that are going through, even now, I mean, I'm a single guy now. I mean, I have a lot of friends around me, but the COVID year has been very hard on, on us all. It's yeah. certainly been hard on my children. Yeah, I go through the loneliness. I've been through the loneliness. I've never been suicidal. I've never gone into the depression that's very deep that would take you down that path. I haven't. Yeah. I get my jollies, my high on life. Yeah. And uh, I know that changing my physical state and getting my heart pumping changes that my whole complexion. It fills you full of endorphins. You feel fantastic. You then stimulate your, your as I call it, your happy hormone, your serotonin in your brain. And you tell yourself and you condition yourself for happiness. You tell yourself, you, you look at yourself and say, what are the things that are bringing me down? And usually it's something that's been said that you attach a meaning to, which is a lie. And what you have to do is tell you one of the mantras that I have is I'm a genius. I'm a genius. And I use my wisdom daily. One of my other affirmations is I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner in my finances. I'm a winner in my business. I'm a winner in my health. I'm a winner in my relationships. I'm a winner in life. I'm a winner. And I do that mantra five and 10 times every day. And when I'm working out and I teach that and I can tell you it shifts because you've got to get a mindset shift. That's what it's really about. Once you start to believe you have confidence, once you get confidence, you build momentum. Once you get momentum, it's that initial moment of inertia, that moment where you turn the engine over and you get the motor running. Now you've got something you can play with and you can build on that and it will transform you and move you forward. I use the term you need to disrupt. When you feel that you're going that spiral, 
You've got to recognize that. You've got to disrupt that pattern quickly and be a disruptor. And once you've disrupted that pattern, Pierre, it's easy then. What I use is a neurolinguistic trick that will bring you straight out of it. And I, I shared this again with people this week that I was coaching. That is, to me, I'm about building up confidence, getting momentum going on. Because I think once you get into that mode, that's when you start to really win. But you're going to have your, if you like, your rescue inhaler. And that's your neuro-linguistic program where you click things. You remember you can put people into a high state, lock that down, anchor it. Then once that bad automatic negative thought gets in your head because you've not guarded yourself, that's another thing. You've got to guard your mind. You've got to be proficient at preventing the stuff getting into your brain before you have to kick it out. I use the high energy, the high emotion to remove that from your brain. And then it's okay. You bring that thought back. I got rid of it. Now I'm on a roll again. But you have to guard your mind. Once you get it, like people say, once things get in your head, you're screwed. Yeah. And to pick friends that are like people that you want to become. Because it's a lot of times when you end up, and, and that's part, I'm a little bit divided when it comes to some of these divorce uh, groups, because there's a lot of negativity in them where you have all the ex-bashing. And I, I won't yeah. have any of that. And to, to really find friends that are positive, that are people that want your best and yeah. people that you look up to, because you usually say you become like your five best friends. Right. And uh, it, it's such a big influence that you might have to, your listeners might have people in your, can be in your family too. It can be people in your friends or at work that have this negative impact on you. And you might have to distance yourself to some of these people. I and mean, I've had to distance myself to some people uh, that I knew, okay, this is not good for me. This is not working out. And it's part of setting boundaries. I, I had very weak boundaries in my marriage. I- And I just had to learn about boundaries, setting boundaries. And boundaries create respect when you have boundaries in a friendship, in a relationship. And it's one of the most important things, I think, in a relationship to have boundaries, to be able to say, this is okay, but if you go over, uh, that is not okay. I don't know if you you have to deal. And you can move that into your co-parenting too. That's the same thing. And if you start doing it in adulthood and with all influences, again, it comes back to, this guarding of your mind, you've got to choose, you've got to make positive choices. You can't be, you can't just accept what shows up. You, you need to decide, and this is what, what I call my future state planning sessions. You need to decide what is it you want out of life and why. Once yeah. you know the why, it projects everything else because now you say, I want the why because it does this. It allows me to, to build a fabulous life with my family and a new person and and it's going to allow me to build my career and it's going to put my finances and my health's going to be better and all these things all those things are important to you because you want that i don't want to call balance but you want that sort of total integration you want not one thing but all five or six things to be firing at the same rate just like a good you know six cylinder engine you don't want to have plug number two or four misfiring. Otherwise, you're never going to have a smooth engine. You yeah, know, I yeah. like to use I like to use stories like you do. I like to use a, a lot of a car stories. You need to know where you're going in life, and and you need to know why you're doing things. 
one of the things that I, I, I try to, uh, a story I use to try and illustrate this here is I drive, I have a 1956 Austin Healey race car. Wow. It's, it's souped up. I drive vintage racing. I, I haven't through the last few years because of the divorce and COVID and whatnot, but I'm hoping to get out this season. When you're driving down a track in a car like that, 100 miles an hour, and you're on a like an oval circuit that everybody's familiar with in the United States. Yeah. So I drive a Pocono Raceway, but it's Pocono, Indiana, or whatever. You're heading down 100 miles an hour, and there's a concrete wall in front of you. It's pretty scary, yeah. I can tell you. When you need to make the turn, what do you think a rookie does? A rookie driver that, that has really not much experience. First thing they do is they come off the gas, put on the brakes, and they, and they turn into the corner, but they're looking at the wall. They're looking at the wall because it's shit, it's scary. I don't want to hit the wall. And they're paying too much attention on the thing that they want to avoid. Yeah. Not a great idea. An experienced driver approaches that wall, looks where he wants to go, turns the wheel, and in a lot of cases, you put your foot down and you power through the corner. And I like to use that because it's a metaphor for life. If you want something, you don't look at what you don't want. You look at what you do want and you point yourself and you point that strategy. You build your strategy to take you there and not just take you there. But remember, I said you actually accelerate that way rather than breaking to go the other way. People understand that because they say, oh, yeah, I can get that. That's what you've got to do when you start to build your relationships through your divorce with your children, maintaining. It's a different type of, it may be a slightly different type of relationship that you have with your children now relative to what you had uh, when you were still together with as a complete family. I'm spending a lot more time doing hangout things with them than I ever did before. I had some structured things, but now I have hangout things. Last night they were here for dinner. We played cards. We played tapple, which is this thing. You, you have cards and you name, and these things are on a timer, tick, tick, tick. And you have about 15 seconds to come up with something that could be name the president or what, what are different colors of ice cream. It was the best $12 I ever spent. We've had hundreds of hours of fun playing games like that, Piers. Yeah, I think uh, what you said about uh, the race car and have, where you focus so important. It's similar. I play golf. And it's yeah. so easy when you're standing at the tee box and then you have this big lake on the right side. Yeah. And of course, you're going to say, okay, I don't want to hit the lake. Of course, you're going to hit the lake because yeah. you're not focusing on the goal. So yeah. it's a very similar analogy. I like that analogy about yeah. that because it's so much about life. You need to focus on what you want, yeah. not on all the problems. And uh, going through divorce, when you navigate divorce, I think... Initially, it's very difficult to get focused. What are the first steps you should take? Because it's easy for somebody that's already gone through divorce or somebody right. that's looking from the outside. It's so difficult for somebody that's never been through divorce to really understand the extreme difficulty of divorce. And I felt it's difficult if you have too many things going on and what would you say, what's the most important things to start with initially when you're like everything is chaos, 
Uh, and you're there just very down, you're lonely, you don't have your kids, for example, like you and I. What are the best first things to start taking? First of all, you have to realize that unless you've been, you've had infidelity, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And the reason I say that is because uh, once you take the blame off the table, you're going to feel differently about yourself. So it's important that you take care of yourself. It's important that you get rid of that mindset. Uh, it's important that you recognize quickly what's happened to you and that life is going to change. And it's very important for you to very quickly come to terms with you're not going to be hanging on to the life that you had, whatever that was. You have to realize and be prepared for the change. I like to have people tell me about what it is that's most important to them. And it usually is 90% of the time, it's family and money or family and their assets. And then it's really important to stabilize uh, things and to get good habits going. And so what I like to do is I like to work on their mindset first. And as you and I have shared, and we both know this, it's an inside game. It's a head game. And once you convince yourself that, all that's happened here is things have changed, that you're not a loser. Yeah. It's just a different life. Now you can start to pretty quickly build a, a forward strategy, you know, what I call like bouncing back after divorce. And I said, yeah, it is. But there's bouncing back from divorce books that have been written before. But I put vitality and purpose. And the reason why I included those two words there was I want you to be vital. I want you to have energy. I want you to have a real desire for life. Most guys, when this hits you, you feel devastated. You feel rubbish. You feel worthless. Your self-esteem collapses. And so what I like to do is to work on restoring that self-esteem before I do anything else. What's very important to address that is for you to know that you're not a failure. You have self-worth. And you have to put a strategy in place then to address that. I can go on and, and give you some pointers on that. I like to have people start to use a, a centering technique in the morning. I like people to prime themselves every morning for success. And that priming thing comes down to And many of our mentors and people that we know very well have different versions of this. But this is what I use and it works and it works for people. I like to prime it, which is like in the morning, you would go into the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you can look at yourself in the mirror. I, I think about popular tunes and Michael Jackson's take a look in the mirror, look in the mirror, look at yourself and then say, I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. I know where I'm going. You know where you're going and we will all get there together. And that's just a wonderful, calming sense. And then I like you to look in the mirror and then we do the affirmation. And the affirmation that I'm using at the moment, which is very powerful, I think, because it drills in. I really want to attack mental thought processes that guys think that they're a loser. And I, I can't stand that word. It comes up so often. And I tell people, no, you're a winner. Because now you're going to realize the life that was always meant for you to be, to experience, and you're going to be fulfilled. I tell them, I said, this is what you're going to say. 
I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner in my finances. I'm a winner in my business. I'm a winner in my health. I'm a winner in my relationships. I'm a winner in life. I'm a winner. And I have people say that 10 times with gusto, looking at them. And you've got to do this over and over again. It's about rituals and it's about creating habits. Do this. And even like when you go to the gym, I do this on the ellipticals. I'm doing my hour to just to hit my cardio. I get into a cadence and I'm chanting this in my head and I shut my eyes. So then what I like to have people do is right now you're in a peak stay where you are really pumped. You're actually, once you start doing this, you're doing it for 30 or 40 days, you actually start to, you're going to believe your whole physiology is different. What I like to have people do then is shut your eyes, close your eyes and imagine that you're experiencing because we've gone through the design perspective of what their utopia life would be like, what would be their their dream life, all the things from their family, their money, their toys, their health, their love life, their contribution, everything in their six human needs. And just let the emotion well up inside you and feel it and dream it and feel it. It's a visualization technique. And so they get very strong visualization and hold that. Once you get into what you think is a, is a peak emotional state, hold that for about 10 or 15 seconds. And now open your eyes after that time. Now open your eyes. And I guarantee most people tell me, and myself included, you have tears in the corner of your eyes. Because now you feel fabulous. And you think, yeah. Then I usually say, go out and knock spots off the day. You can either, maybe if you want to go to the gym, whatever, you go for a walk, whatever. If you don't do any of those things, if you go straight in a shower, put your suit on or your business clothes and go out. But whatever you do after that, go straight out and live that successful life. That's creating momentum there. It's creating momentum. And you feel fabulous. You strut the walk. You are the winner. People will notice. You do this for 30, 40 days. People will say, what's Nige doing? What's, what, what, are you, what are you eating? What are you, what are you on? Now you're attracting, you said about those five or 10 people that you start to become because that's your circle. You're going to have new people coming into your circle. When you walk out that door in the morning, you're on a nine now. Your serotonin's in your head. You feel great. You've already pumped your endorphins. You feel like you could run another marathon. But you're going to go out and you're going to be so effective at your job or whatever you're doing. That builds momentum. And the more you do it, the more comes to you because you're attracting law of attraction stuff. You're attracting stuff. Builds your confidence. There are going to be problems that you have to deal with. And you're going to say, okay, it's another problem. You're not going to go into a panic for the most part. You're not going to go into a panic. You'll say, this is a pretty heavy problem. I've got to talk to my lawyer and whatnot. It's going to cost my money. It's, oh, heck. But it's not going to take you down back into the game. Oh, and I say, and on the moment that you might have a relapse, because we all fall off the wagon, myself included, I've given you the tool that can snap you back. 
you can just have to use that tool. I call it my random utilization tool. I can now focus on what am I going to do on that? I can now focus on making sure that my job is, is doing well and maybe I get a promotion because right now my wages are being garnished. I just wanted to recap a little yeah, bit. Uh, yeah. we're, we're going to round off the podcast there, but it's really good. But uh, to recap for somebody that's in the middle of divorce right now and a, a few simple tips, positive affirmation, I know I've used it myself all the time yeah. and it's a simple thing, but it's changing yeah. a habit. It's to do that 30, 40 days to start, but then they start becoming automatic. You're reprogramming your mind and to think differently and changing the negative spiral into a positive spiral and uh, taking that uh, momentum and moving upward. Physical exercise, so important to get right. out, get some fresh air, get some blood walking and do it at least three times a week to, right. to, to get out there. And because that, that is definitely one of the most important thing for me was to, and I've always exercised, so it wasn't something that was difficult right. for me, but uh, it was definitely, it helped me so much to get on the a mountain bike, getting out, playing golf, and start, also starting to pick up old things I like to do. I started playing tennis, right. yes. and that was so good. And then automatically, I gained friends out on the tennis courts, right. and that was so awesome. Journaling yeah. is another thing that I started to, to write right. down my thoughts. That was very powerful for me to be able to write down uh, my thoughts. And one last thing that I learned was not to react immediately. When things well, come yes. up, uh, yes. it's very easy when you get frustrated, you get an email from your former spouse and uh, you say, okay, I, I just decided I'm going to wait 24 hours because before I, I click right. the send. And so many times I went back and reread it and said, okay, I'm not going to send this. Right. I either just deleted it or rewrote it and then wait yes. another 24 hours. Because a lot of times it's emotions that you get frustrated and you just right. send stuff that's totally not necessary. And uh, those are a few things that I learned. And initially, I think it's healthy to pick out those healthy habits initially in the divorce and then start moving in the right direction. And yes. like you said, Nigel, initially take blame off the table and, and, yeah. and shame. It's uh, for me, shame was the biggest thing. It, I was so ashamed of sharing both with close friends and people in the church, etc. It was uh, definitely a difficult thing to move through that shame part of it. You need to check the language that you use. I'll give you a very quick example for your, for your listeners. Yeah. I've had an absolute train wreck of a day. No. I've had a disaster. Oh, my goodness. My, my portfolio is in the toilet. No. You've had a difficult day. Yeah, today was pretty challenging. Yeah. Moderate your language especially on the downside or the negative side. It's about creating a mindset of new rituals and habits. It's a beautifully sunny day today. And I've had a wonderful walk this morning with my dogs. I've had terrific fun. Overemphasize the verbs and whatnot that you're using on the positive side. And the, the words that are almost what we would say in the press would be shocking, sensationalistic almost. On the negative side, and try and moderate that out of your language. It, you'd be surprised. People shy away from you when you say, oh, gosh, you know, my 
yeah, everything is a train wreck or everything is a disaster. Is you really want to be around somebody that's saying that everything in their life is a disaster? Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Try those things down. For, for me, another thing was also to find those gold nuggets in these difficult situations. Because yeah. uh, it's very easy to go down the path of trying to find all the negative, terrible stuff. It's going to be there, but there will also be gems in the, the difficult journey for me it was like being able to start be becoming vulnerable and being open the divorce absolutely helped me to go through that and starting to become who i really am instead of having these masks up and pretending in many ways right. and try what to find I those gems in this hard part because a lot of times when you go through strife that's a lot of times when you grow and this can be the, a catalyst for yeah. you as going through this difficult journey of divorce. I totally 100% believe that this can be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah, it's going to start reevaluating your life and starting taking steps in the right direction. And so this is actually going to be a stepping point for you in this difficult journey. But it's not going to be difficult forever. It is difficult when you're in it. But when you start taking steps, you're going to see this progress. And, you see perspective, uh, don't you? Yeah, exactly. You, you get better perspective. One of my very good friends, I'll tell you a very quick story. One of my very good friends said to me, Nigel, out of every situation, there's a positive. Yeah. It really just depends on how you look at it. And what's really funny, there's always a negative. There's always a silver lining in things that appear to be a negative. What's really funny about that, I actually mentioned that in my book, and I had a bet with her or a wager with her of, of the Super Bowl. And she was a big Boston Patriots. And of course, the guy, the quarterback went to Florida. And I, so I was teasing her and I said, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Is it Mahone or is it Brady? Brady, he's a, he's a traitor. Mahone's team's going to win. Of course, they lost. I said, so I said, you, you want to wager on that? She said, absolutely. So I said, sushi dinner and champagne if we, because we're good friends, professional friends. And oh, absolutely. So last Friday, I actually got my sushi dinner and champagne. <laughs> and I reminded her, we were talking, she told she's how's your book doing? I said, it's doing well. I said, I, I, I you know, I, I, things have gone well and, and there's a lot of change. She said, I was really hard on you when, when you were going through your divorce. I was really tough on you. I was mean. I'm sorry about that. And I said, no, you weren't. I said, you were actually just one of the things that nudged me. And I said, the, the moment that you said out of the, every negative, there's a silver lining. It's just the way you look at it uh, that will yeah. determine that. I said, that's one of the things that clicked in my mind that set me on the road of, yeah, I have the will and the power within myself to actually turn this around and actually make it into probably one of the best successes that I've ever experienced. Yeah. So that's yeah. That story. That is such a good ending of the podcast, ending note. And I think I really appreciate uh, that you've taken the time to be on the podcast, taking the time to, to share your both stories and what you've learned throughout this divorce and how you help other people. And how can people find you? And what is the name of the book again? It's uh, Bouncing Back from Divorce with Vitality and Purpose. Yeah. Uh, a Strategy for Dad. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's on Kindle right now. Hoping in about another 60 or 70 days, it'll go out and pay it back too. But get it on Kindle right now. It's, I think, I don't know what price. It was a very special, favorable launch price that the publishers put it out at. So 
uh, it's a quick read. You can read it in probably in about an hour or two. It's only 100 pages. And there's a lot of little tools and tips in there. I share my personal experience. And uh, you can always find me as well. Bouncing back with Nigel at, gj- at gmail.com is, a, is an email that I set up especially for this. And yeah, if people buy the book, I will definitely give them, say, a half hour a free consulting session. If they're interested, please come and, and, and chat. I've got a lot of resources and they're more than happy to do that. And Pia, thank you so much for inviting me on today. I, I feel like that we've got a, a connection here that I'm, I'm hoping will grow into a, a lifelong friendship. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And, and all listeners that are listening right now, I believe in you. I think yeah, this is a, a difficult journey, but I truly believe that it's like rock climbing. We're going to have the easy paths and hard paths. And when you have those hard paths, that forms your life. And I, I truly believe this is going to be that catalyst to, to make your life a beautiful life. For now, we'll uh, come back soon. Every Monday we send a, a new podcast, a new story from somebody. So thank you so much, Nigel, for being on here today. Yeah, thanks. Great being here. Bye-bye. And last but not least, if you want to support this podcast, uh, in the link below, there's an area where you can just click a link and support with a coffee, for example, five bucks a month. Or if you want to support on a monthly basis, that would mean a lot to me, cover some of the costs and also to be able to employ a part-time assistant to help out with the editing so I can keep pushing out the, the podcast on a more regular basis. And uh, I'm going to continue doing this for the rest of my life. It's so much fun. I want to support you all that's going through divorce, that have the struggles. But with this support, I believe that's one tool that will help you through this. So that's it for today. You take care. 